Welcome to Being the Bat. I'm your host, Dr. Stacy. Each week, I invite a guest to share their experiences of being a person of color in white spaces. After her 1970 jailing, Angela Davis shared with Ebony Magazine that she practiced yoga to keep her peace during that time. While yoga practitioners remain largely white, Black yogis have increased from 3 to 5% in the last five years. In fact, more and more Black and brown men and women are taking up space in a practice that has long struggled with diversity. As racialized violence, racial race-based stress, trauma, all those things are happening in our world right now, we need a place to take a break. And to me, that could be yoga. Our guest today is here to tell us a little bit about being a Black yogi. Eternity Phillips is a bodacious, Black, and unapologetically queer conscious being who works to educate and serve Black people of color and queer and trans people of color communities in yoga wellness. The owner of Soul Liberation Wellness, based in Charlotte, North Carolina, y'all. Eternity began teaching professionally in 2017 after earning certifications in Hatha Yoga and Kemetic Yoga. With passionate dedication, Eternity has taught hundreds of students through community classes, university courses, private sessions, and wellness retreats. Addressing the limited options for Afrocentric forms of yoga, Eternity created Kamili Yoga, a modern pan-African system for Black holistic wellness. I like that a lot. Its purpose is to reconnect Black practitioners with their ancestral roots through the lens of yoga enlightenment. Kamili Yoga is Eternity's answer to the need for more culturally diverse yoga systems, more yoga systems that decenter whiteness, and more yoga systems that recognize the beautiful depths of Black and African being. Eternity has a Bachelor's of Arts in Psychology and Sociology, a Graduate Certificate in Women and Gender Studies, a Women's Entrepreneurial Certificate. She's a certified life coach, a certified Hatha yoga teacher, a certified comedic yoga teacher, a certified yoga for 12-step recovery leader, an ERYT and continuing ed provider, and a second degree Reiki provider. Daughters, please welcome to the podcast our guest daughter today, Eternity Phillips. Glad to be here. Well, I am so (laughs) delighted to have you and I'm looking forward to this conversation. So let's just get right to it, if you will. Tell me a little bit about your journey to yoga. Awesome. So first off, you want the the long version or the short version? Medium. (laughs) Medium. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. Uh, Hopefully this will be the medium version. So I honestly was like many Black people who really never knew what yoga was. Um, Oh, I I thought that yoga was some white people shit. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Okay, right? because all I saw was white white bodies, um, and typically in gym doing stretching. So I'm like, okay, this is some kind of stretching exercise of some sort. Um, I had gone to a hot yoga class for beginners. It was labeled as me and another friend of mine, and it was a class of about sixty people, and it was her and I and perhaps maybe three other people of color in that whole class. So I'm like, yep, just what I thought, right? And then mm-hmm. when the instructor was yelling out poses, there there was nothing really beginner about it. I'd heard of a downward dog. I had no idea what it actually was. So I spent, mm-hmm. the, I spent the class looking at this white guy next to me. And I was like, you know what? This just reaffirms what I think I already know about yoga. So fast forward a little bit. A woman of color, uh, an acquaintance of mine, she was in her yoga teacher training. So she was doing a practice class. And I went to that. And it was just black women. Um, and it was a very different feel. It, very, it was much more intimate. And I said, okay, maybe I'll give this another shot, but I'll specifically look for Black women teachers. So I found one, and she had just finished some chakra training, and so she incorporated that into the practice. And I was like, oh, this is yoga? This is different. <laughs> so uh, another teacher in Charlotte actually was starting her yoga teacher training, and she just said, I'm going to train you. I'm like, okay, great. So the short end of it is that I was kind of pulled into yoga really Mm -hmm. through no intention of my own. Um, As you you read, like I went to school for psychology and sociology. Yoga was nowhere on my map. Um, And yet opportunities started to just present themselves. And so I simply just continued to say yes. And And as I continued and I learned what yoga truly is, I realized that it was in alignment with where I already was growing spiritually. And I'm like, okay, this is yoga. This is this is different from what you see in the mainstream or I statements, what I see in the mainstream. And mm-hmm. all I can say is spirit. Spirit got well, me here. Well, <laughs> certainly there, there, there is a divine order in how it went down for you. Definitely. But I'm wondering if you could just roll back like, 10 steps mm-hmm. before you stepped into that first class where you were watching the white guy next to you. Right. What led you into the studio? Like what was the impetus or trigger that you thought, I think I'm gonna try yoga. Honestly, simply being open to new experiences. Um, mm. And also it was a group home. <laughs> <laughs> so just keeping it real. <laughs> Mm-hmm. There was a group on, but I, I realized I had never actually tried yoga. And then mm-hmm. the fact that it was billed as hot yoga, which is something I actually was not really attracted to. But I mm-hmm. said, let me actually give it a chance. So mm-hmm. that's really what happened. I, I just am an open person and I like to have different life experiences. So I can't even say it was anything deep like, oh, spirit called me to that class. Nope, saw a group on. Had an acquaintance was like, let's go together. Let's just try this out. Mm-hmm. Um, but but after that, um, after that, it was it was definitely much more um, a spiritual pull to keep going just a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's helpful. So some of the things that I um, read in preparation for our time today mm-hmm. uh, talked about uh, racism and its presence in the world or community of yoga. And I'm wondering um, what your thoughts are about that and what's been your experiences as it relates to that. 
that's definitely a real experience for myself and just so many black yogis because despite the fact again that yoga is created by people of color what you see again in the western mainstream is just Mm -hmm. white bodies Um, that's the representative of what yoga is um, can i stop you just for a minute because i think that there was an educative moment that i would love to have you unpack for me and yoga was invented by people of color Mm -hmm. ah so there, mm-hmm. there, and there's a lot to unpack there. So, because I, I am both a Hatha yoga instructor and a mm-hmm. Medic yoga instructor. So okay. I'm going to go with the journey that I, that I began. Mm-hmm. So yoga, as I was taught, is based in ancient Indian culture. At least when we mm-hmm. talk about Hatha yoga, Hatha yoga is pretty much the system that we see. Whenever we think of yoga and we think of poses, we're, we really are thinking of the Hatha yoga system based in ancient Indian culture. Now, the the fun fact that a lot of people don't know is that there are multiple systems of yoga, Mm. and most of them have nothing to do with any actual movement. Because the purpose of yoga is is self-enlightenment, coming into your highest self uh, with your highest power, or your higher power. And so I, I, I was taught in the ancient Indian traditions. Then, again, along this this spirit-blessed journey, I was introduced to Kemetic Yoga. And Kemetic Yoga is a system based on ancient Egyptian mythology, not mythology, but culture and hieroglyphics. Mm -hmm. I say mythology because it deals with the the pantheon, um, but truthfully, more of of their spiritual beliefs. I don't want to misuse the term mythology. So that introduced me to realizing that the concept of yoga truly exists beyond even India. Because, of course, the word yoga comes from Indian culture, it comes from Sanskrit. Yes, the actual term yoga is Indian. But the concept of yoga, the concept of enlightenment, of meditation, of, again, connecting with your higher self and your higher power, that's universal. And of course, mm with um, the, the crux of, human, of humanity being born in Africa, as far as I'm concerned, we made it. <laughs> right? So, so while it may not have been as well documented, and, not, and of course, Kemet has plenty of documentation that everything's been translated. And while those practices in Kemet may not have looked like what we call yoga today, there's definitely some evidence of yogic spiritual practices. And that's not even um, limited to Kemet. That's of all of ancient Africa and even present indigenous um, communities. Because again, when you look at yoga as a concept rather than just a practice, of course you can see it in 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 african culture both in the past and and now you sounded like that you were like well not even sounded you were very clear that this this some white stuff right here right yes so what we see yeah (laughs) so what when you share with people that you are yoga instructor that you have this business and that you've invented uh this this method or this practice around yoga are you trying to recruit people to your business, what's typically the reaction of brown folk to to that? Um, the biggest reaction is usually, oh, I can't do that. I'm not flexible. I'm not in good shape. 
Oh, and that is that is the the biggest thing because again, so many people look at just the poses, and so my my job, as it were, my calling is is to teach people like no 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 no. <laughs> There's so much more to it than that. Also, the poses can be accessed accessed by anybody of anybody type. Because um, not only do we see white people, we see a certain kind of body. Mm-hmm. We see athletic, mm-hmm. we see gymnasts, uh, we see thin bodies, muscular bodies. And it gives the message that unless you look like this, mm-hmm. you can't do yoga mm-hmm. or you can't embrace or practice yoga. And so I spend a lot of time just trying to convince people to to try it and actually experience it for themselves mm-hmm. versus going uh, with what we've seen. And I understand that because, again, I was the same person. That's what I saw. Sure. And I'm like, I can't stand on my head. Fun fact, I still can't. <laughs> <laughs> That's and real. That, That's real. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. But that was enough to turn me off. But, again, because of where I was in my journey of self-exploration, coming, coming into yoga was in alignment. And that's not going to be everybody's journey, sure. or at least everybody's not going to necessarily begin that journey on their own accord. So I try to intercede as a guide. I was like, okay, let me let me help guide you into this and help you discover yoga for yourself because it's a very personal and subjective practice. Again, there are so many different systems and so many ways of, of practicing and embracing, not even um, like yoga actions but like a yogic lifestyle and that's why i really try to help people to understand or at least my people to understand it's like don't worry about what you see let's talk about your your desires for your holistic wellness mm-hmm. let's talk about where you are in your spiritual path and then i can help teach you how yoga is already actually probably a very big part of your life you just haven't called it that or recognized it as that because all you think is yoga is doing handstands on the mat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So one of the things that I thought about for our listeners, when I thought about bringing um, eternity on the podcast, I thought that they might be able to offer us some help because mm-hmm. now <laughs> it has always been my desire mm-hmm. that the podcast talk about the challenges, but also yeah. allows my listeners to build strategy or a playbook to help them to thrive, Ooh. right? Um, at one point I was saying, you know, I want the podcast to be less coming up the rough side of the mountain and more, we're going to be all right. We're going to be yeah. all right. I always have to <laughs> sing a little bit. Uh, I, I, I can't, but I enjoy it. And so it, I have the mic and so there you have it. Anyway, and so <laughs> I, I, I guess I, I, I'm wondering if you can talk some, um, about what you believe the benefits are for black and brown people, particularly as we are dealing with living in the white space that is America. And especially now that race is so much at the forefront. Freedom. 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 Yes. Mm -hmm. Freedom. Yoga offers going deeper into understanding yourself, understanding who you are, how you live, and examining your your life, your actions, your your simply your being. And having that deeper understanding gives you 
more personal power in your life. And having personal power is what guides us into freedom. Now, it's not the same as saying, okay, yeah, yoga is going to, to end systematic oppression and racism. It's not. That's, that's not what I, no, not at all. Mm-hmm. Like even the, even like as a, as a yoga instructor, when I teach my class and I talk about, you know, we are all connected, that's not in a, um, in a spiritual bypassing way. It very much acknowledging the struggles of blackness um, in just in this in this anti-black world, but the freedom that you get, because um, this is also very much like just psychological, um, you get to be more in control of your decisions. Like you're you're more informed of why you do what you do, and it puts you on a better path of being healthier holistically Mm. so when we think about yoga again we think so much about the physical sure but it's just as much if not more emotional mental and spiritual Mm -hmm. and those are the aspects that really get taken out of westernized colonized appropriated yoga yeah okay so that is that is the freedom i know that's very abstract in the way i'm describing Mm -hmm. it but it's because everybody's experience and everybody's journey is going to look different. Mm-hmm. But at the core, um, understanding yourself mm-hmm. also allows you to understand others better. Mm-hmm. And then whatever your faith practices, getting more connected to your higher power mm-hmm. empowers you. Well, and you know what, to eternity, part of what I know in my psychological practice is that people mm-hmm. often carry things in their body. Yeah, And so, you know, you may have a little crick in your neck or mm-hmm. that um, a little, as our grandmothers would call it, jelly belly uh, <laughs> and, or your lower back is hurting. Like mm-hmm. I cannot get a massage and a person starts working on me and they say, what do you do for a living? I'm like, I'm not telling you. Um, <laughs> I'm not, none of your business. Um, but, but in part because they feel that tension right up here mm-hmm. in my neck. But 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 it plays out in ulcers mm-hmm. and high blood pressure and that, you know, that we just end up kind of mm-hmm. holding it on our shoulders and just different mm-hmm. places in our body, right? Right. The issues in our tissues. Right. There you go. There you go. Tissues. That's beautiful. <laughs> so can you say how yoga can help with flow as it relates to those things? Definitely. So when it comes to that physical aspect, when you get beyond the, okay, I want to try to lose weight or I want to be more flexible, when you actually allow yourself to embrace and experience the poses, you do grant yourself the opportunity to release those issues in our tissues, mm-hmm. right? Um, particularly for, for Black folks, um, Black women, Black female body persons, Black films. A lot of stress and tension gets carried in the hips and the thighs. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of classes led by Black instructors, particularly Black women, will emphasize doing hip openers. And there's been many occasions for students who, in doing, say, a wide leg child's pose or maybe a happy baby or something that, that spreads that space, mm-hmm. um, really release. And that release comes in out in other ways like like tears people Mm -hmm. feel something Mm -hmm. like breaking down in the body Mm -hmm. and that's that that is part of the freedom because we're so used to built to holding everything in Mm -hmm. 
just not even just as humans, but like just the way we have to navigate as black mm-hmm. people. Like we, that's that's what we. It's a survival technique. It is a survival technique. We don't technique. we mm-hmm. we don't have the or you put it like this. Society does not give us permission to be open and free about our emotions, mm-hmm. unless we are labeled as you know angry black woman, angry mm-hmm. black man. Um, and so physical yoga practice helps you give yourself permission to mm-hmm. release. Well, and I think the interesting part for me, as I think about the way that each of us process emotions, right? Mm-hmm. And so some people are more talkers, some people are more journalists, even the way that we learn, you know, some people mm-hmm. uh, learn auditorily or some people learn kinetically. And yoga practice is one of those things, I think, that can be really useful for people who find themselves more kinetic. So mm-hmm. your athletes, your runners, your, and that that is a way that they kind of deal with their stress. Um, yeah. I, I would actually, I would, um, I would go beyond that. Because, again, when you're thinking, because when you say kinetically, because that also relates to the physical aspect. Mm-hmm. But going back to what I mentioned earlier about there being so many different systems of yoga. So going with the Indian systems, we have Hatha yoga, which is the more physical one. We have Karma yoga, which is union through selfless service. We have Gyana yoga, which is union through knowledge. Mm -hmm. So with the purpose of yoga being that union, there are different ways to, to achieve that. So, yeah, for a lot of athletes and people who like physical activity, Hatha yoga will likely help get them there. Mm-hmm. For those who are more cerebral, Yana yoga might be their path. Uh, for those who are really into praise and worship and, and community connection with, with God, um, Bhakti yoga could be their, their path. It's, it's a lot of singing in that one. You don't have to necessarily sing well, but you can sing them to the Lord. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. So I That's actually right, um, there. <laughs> right there. you go. So I also teach people like, um, like, uh, like a lot of my my college kids when I'm getting them to understand yoga because I really want people to understand that it's not just about the body. There's healing done through the body through the poses, but it's not just that. Cause, uh, another fun fact: I'm lazy. I don't like to work out. <laughs> the only movement I do is yoga poses. So the kinetic part has has grown on me. <laughs> but I'm all, I, I'm very cerebral. I like to just sit still and listen. Uh-huh. So again, every whatever appeals to a person um, will be different. But um, I lost my whole train of thought when I was just talking. Well, I was talking <laughs> I was about the kinetic, and you you were offering. You were offering again, and and I think that that is a tip. One of our lessons for today that not that we think about yoga as downward dog and or whatever else, but that it's more than physical movement. Exactly, and when it comes to the physical movement, the the purpose of the movement is really to prepare your body to be able to handle that moment of enlightenment, of that Mm. higher state of bliss. Mm -hmm. So the things about, again, flexibility, toning up, losing weight, those are all secondary benefits. That's not the point. And that is honestly the perversion of westernized Mm. modern yoga. Mm -hmm. Because again, again, what's not the point? The point point is not physical attributes. It's not flexibility. The point is not 
toning up, losing weight. You can get those, all right? You can get those, but that's not the purpose. Because honestly, if you want to just tone up, lose weight, you just that's just exercise. Sure. There's a difference between like exercising and yoga. And a lot of people um, um, equivocate the two. Sure. And, and that's not really truthfully how yoga works. Because I, I use yoga, I use capital Y yoga, and I don't know if that's really standard or not, but for me, yoga is a capital Y, it is a lifestyle, it is it is a system of really living your life, mm-hmm. whether I, if I never get on my mat again, if I never do another downward dog, mountain pose, what have you, I will still be just as much a yogi or mm-hmm. a yogic practitioner, because mm-hmm. that's not the point. Nice. So you talked about all these different forms and methods of yoga, but you've got to tell us about Camille. Of course I do. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the little the background on Camille yoga. Um, again, when it, when I was in my own yoga training, first with Hatha, then with Kinetic. Were you tra- were you trained by brown mm-hmm. people? Yes. Yes. So I will be honest, I have been blessed to be able to live in a nice little black bubble. <laughs> I was I was trained by by, by black people. Um I I teach at a HBCU. Um I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm on the east side, ain't nothing but black and brown people over here. Babies like my, road, right? Oh, I'm on the east side, so I'm out for I'm out for Albemarle. But okay. I've taught over Baby's Ford Road, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I really my my life I realized, and I don't know if it was necessarily a subconscious intention or not, has been so black focused hmm. that that um like my interaction with with white people on a regular basis has been greatly diminished. Yeah, so but that's neither here nor there. Um when it's I guess, fascinating when, because it's it's a place that you've created an affinity affinity space within an affinity space. Mm, mm, I like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so it almost is mm-hmm. a protective way that you've not had to deal with maybe some of the um, the racism that some of your fellow Black yogis may have had to deal with who have not been able to um, find their way and build their practice in what you call a black bubble. And this is true because um, not just because I, I'm currently in this black bubble. I, you know, I, it's a time to get here. Like, <laughs> just let's, let's be real. Sure. White everywhere. White privilege, white, white supremacy, all of that. Mm-hmm. I can say I've been blessed that yes, because I had, um, I was trained by two black teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, having that, safer space Mm -hmm. made a difference because I've heard um, so many stories from people being the only black student in their yoga teacher training, you know, and the microaggressions to the pretty much very overt aggressions from non-black people, Mm -hmm. from from white folks, excuse me, Um, and feeling, despite feeling disconnected, despite being trained in a practice that is meant to create unity, mm-hmm. and so the way that racism permeates this so-called like holistic space where everybody's supposed to be all kumbaya—that that's that's not real. That's unless unless you're in a very woke space where white people recognize the 
the violence of their whiteness, which is very rare actually mm-hmm. in yoga spaces. Mm-hmm. It is very rare in yoga spaces. Like you gotta hunt out spaces for black and brown people, for queer people. And even being queer in black spaces um, can be um, dangerous because not everybody's on, on that uh, inclusive sure. uh, level. So it's interesting because I was actually, that was my next question for you that mm-hmm. what has the internet intersectionality of being black and queer and a yogi, how has that coalesced for you, if at all? That has been interesting. So with my, with my Hatha yoga teacher, I, I she knew we, like we, we were in the same city, like we were already near each other. That was no big deal. When I got connected with the co- the creator of Kinetic Yoga, uh, Black Male, mm-hmm. I was concerned about my queerness being an issue because when you with Kinetic spaces, um, we're, we're 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 familiar with the term you know hoteps or foteps, and hotep is actually a an actual Kinetic word that means be at peace. <laughs> But of course, not everybody in these um, pro-black spaces are fully black inclusive. So when I was going down to this training, it was like a, an immersive ten-day training. I I didn't know if I could be out. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I had actually set up in my mind, I'm going to go here. I'm just going to get this information, get this education. You know, I may or may not bond with anybody. I'm just going to stick to myself because I. I did not want to put myself in a position to be, I wasn't worried about physical harm. I was worried about emotional harm. Right. And unfortunately, I had the, the, what I expected and what I experienced were two different things. I, it was the, one of the best experiences of my life. Mm-hmm. And I even talked to the, again, the creator of the system. His name is Monsieur Rob Hotel. And I, was, I, I, was like, I just asked him at one point, I was like, I'm queer. Is, is this going to be a problem with me being a certified kinetic yoga teacher? And he's like, no, I'm not on that stuff. And I'm like, oh. and, it, and it's such a shame that despite being as pro-Black community and unity as I am, I recognize as a queer person, mm-hmm. I still have to check the spaces. Sure, of course. Absolutely. And, and just all, all skin folk and kin folk. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Right. And that's just so unfortunate. So because I live in this black bubble, mm-hmm. while I don't really have to deal with white racism as much, because mm-hmm. honestly, white racism at this point does not even bother me. Somebody can yell, call me the N word walking down the street. I'm like, really? That's that's the best you can do at this point. Be more free. <laughs> <laughs> but but getting anti queerness from my community, mm-hmm. from other black people that still hurts. I understand. And and it'll come out of nowhere. Like mm-hmm. I have to check spaces when I am going to be somewhere. I have like look, it's like, mm, is this inclusive? Because it might not because you know when it's when something is truly inclusive, it's just it doesn't matter who you are, just just come on. Right. But sometimes you have to check and like I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I don't really feel like going through the trauma today with my people. There you <laughs> go. There you go. So I feel like I interrupted you when you were talking about Camille. And oh, I want to, sure. I want to, I want to make sure that we we create a space for you yes. to share um, about about your innovation. 
Okay, and I'll try to keep it medium to short. So the reason I had going back to my kinetic yoga experience was because, again, this was what introduced me to recognizing that yoga can exist or yoga does exist beyond what I had been taught um, about yoga coming from Indian culture. Now, I, I'm not of the mindset of arguing where yoga first started. Sure. I honor the Indian systems. They are beautiful systems. They were developed over like hundreds and thousands of years. Again, I'm talking about the traditional pre-colonial systems, not what we're doing in gyms and stuff right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kemetic Yoga showed me like, wait, this is really bigger than just Indian culture. And so after I received my Kemetic Yoga training, I wanted to find more African-centered systems mm-hmm. because again, Kemetic Yoga is very, it's Egypt Egypt centered, and you know, there's more to Africa than in Egypt, right? certainly. So, right, so I just wanted to go wider, and I could not really find anything that huh. centered pan African identity, culture again, beyond Egypt. So, being the person that I am, I'm like, well, I'll just, <laughs> but the thing is, I truly feel that spirit led me to this point. I, I, when I look back on this journey. I'm like, was this, this is where you were taking me. Okay, all right. Because from that very, not even necessarily, actually, you know what? Yeah, maybe even from that first class mm-hmm. that I went to for the Groupon, there was something that was planted. Mm-hmm. And it finally, you know, unearthed itself within the past um, year because I launched Kamili Yoga in, in July 2020. So Kamili Yoga is a system that, unlike Kemetic Yoga, it is modern. It is something I tell people straight up. I made this system, you know, inspired by by spirit, but I made this system. It's not based on research done about Pan-African societies uh, or like finding um, finding evidence of other yoga, using that term, systems in Pan-African indigenous societies. What it is, is taking us in the present and helping us reconnect to our lost connections um, from being enslaved, colonized, and taken from our African homes. So Kamili Yoga, Kamili is the Kiswahili word for complete, and then yoga is the Sanskrit Sanskrit word for union. So Kamili Yoga loosely means complete union. Complete and the union. Three, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the three pillars are union with self, union with others, and union with spirit. So this system, I developed it, like it actually, it has principles it has a a sacred practice Mm -hmm. while it's not again based in specific ancient uh practices it is kind of more like a um if i'm pronouncing it like a convalescence of universal aspects that you can find amongst many um indigenous and diasporic african cultures so for example uh, our sacred practice is called Ibada Kamil, Kiswahili for the complete ritual. It entails honoring the sacred, centering the breath, channeling your energy, freedom of motion, and reflecting in meditation. Mm-hmm. Okay? And the way it works is that we start with honoring the sacred because that's what creates a ritual sure. in Pan-African societies, right? It's not about the motion. There's motion in it. You can do some poses. You can do whatever you're going to do. But it's about welcoming in spirit, 
um, however that exists for you, your higher power. So recognizing that, you know, many of us are still in Christian traditions. I grew up Christian. I no longer identify as such. Many of us practice Yoruba. Um, it doesn't matter what your faith practice is, honestly, because mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's personal. Sure. It's not to say, oh, if you're going to be African or you're going to go connect to your African roots, you need to renounce Christianity. Nope, we got Ethiopia. So, um, <laughs> so <laughs> there are aspects of Christianity right. that, yes, they African too. But anyway, the point is to really center that because, again, in westernized yoga, the spiritual part gets taken out so much. So helping people to hone in on that and then giving people the freedom of motion. So I've talked, you know, we talked about the, the release that you can get from, from your from yoga poses. Free flow is the focus for Kamili Yoga. And as the as the guide, as the instructor, mm-hmm. I help encourage people to listen to their bodies, listen mm-hmm. to spirit, listen to their soul self, and flow according accordingly. Mm-hmm. So while I might be doing, I might be in a cross-legged position. You might be reclined or you might be standing sure. or you just might be swaying. And that is part of giving yourself permission to be free. So we start, we do that on the physical level because that helps people be able to connect with that idea of, okay, giving myself permission for mm-hmm. freedom and you can take it higher and higher. Because we start with most things, we start with the physical because that's tangible for us. Sure. And then we and then we kind of not to say there's a hierarchy, but to we move up to the intangible. Sure. Yeah. So if someone, if one of our listeners wants to engage with yoga more or explore building a practice, what do you think is the right first step? To begin a yoga practice is to simply be still, listen, and breathe. Mm-hmm. A lot of us have trouble being still. Mm-hmm. And that is also something that can be a negative with Western yoga because, again, it's just still constant motion sure. for, for what we see. So, again, yoga is about union. And you start with union with yourself. So make that time or not even make that time, take that time, whether it's five minutes or it doesn't even have to be an hour. Take five minutes, come into stillness and just breathe. Connect to your breath. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just feel your inhales and your exhales. And are there resources that you would recommend to start that process? Now, if you're in Charlotte, we know what you need to do. But, <laughs> <laughs> but for folks outside of Charlotte, what, what do you think? Um... Are there things that you would recommend or phone apps or those kinds of things? So my answer is a bit different probably than most other teachers would say, because they would say, yeah, you can get this app. Well, I'm a, I mean, I'm a, I'm a promote master, of course. But when it comes to just making a general practice of yoga, whether it's familial, it's just, 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 just yoga. I actually kind of encourage people to start from within. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said, just be still, mm-hmm. breathe and listen, because a lot of times all these apps and other things are just ways to still distract ourselves from what we need to hear mm-hmm. from within, mm-hmm. hear from ourselves, hear from spirit. So in the same way, like, like, um, think of it like with prayer, 
not many people would ask about, you know, oh, what's a prayer app or Google how to start a prayer practice. Although there's some people out there. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Yeah, and I'm sure there are. I'm sure. But that's one of the things, like, because it's very internal and that's your connection with, again, God, your higher power. Think of yoga in that same kind of way. Because, again, that's truly what yoga is. Mm -hmm. Now, to give the more mainstream answer, yeah, there are plenty of apps out there that uh, will help you just start with your basic movement practice. Uh, for a lot of people, it's like, oh, what's the best match that I get? What's, you know, what do I need? I also try to stay, to stay away from encouraging a lot of items because, you know, consumerism and people get so caught up in, in buying stuff. It's like, you don't have to buy anything. Mm -hmm. You can start off with a towel. Just be on your floor, That's you good. know? That's really good. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So... And, and, and then it's kind of a bit of a uh, conflict. And then it's like, well, now I've got this app <laughs> that you can sign up for. But, you know, capitalism. Sure. we all got to make a living. So so this question I, I want to ask, you, I'm very interested to hear what you have to say. Um, and then I want to just um, tell, I want you to tell the people where to find you specifically. But what's the piece of advice? What's the one piece of advice? Mm hmm. That what's the one piece of advice that you would give white people in making the yoga community a more inclusive space? Oh, yeah. My my advice to white people in general. Well, the, the short answer is wake the f up. <laughs> okay, that's clear. That's the, that's the short answer. Wake the f up. Uh, the longer answer would be to, well, how do you wake the F up? Um, acknowledge the privilege, power, and effect of your whiteness. Not necessarily, because a, a, a lot of white spaces, when they're trying to be sensitive, they, you know, they work on diversity and just getting more like you know, non-white bodies in the space. And they're like, yeah, we did it. We got black people to come to this thing. And I was like, no. <laughs> It really takes the work to look at yourself, recognize, again, the power and privilege of whiteness in this, in this system in which we live, and to do the work to dismantle that on a personal level. Now, do I expect you know, white people to just rise up and go tear down the system? No. It would be nice if they did. <laughs> It would be great mm -hmm. because, you know, so much is like, well, you know, people are telling you to fix stuff. We're like, no, we didn't break this. Um, but when it comes to just being more sensitive to non-white people, it really just listen and be quiet. Because a lot of times they'll listen and they'll keep talking. They'll listen, be quiet, and really embrace what people of color are telling you. And then use your white privilege to the privilege of non-white people. <laughs> and a lot of times white people will say they're listening and then they just keep talking or they, they say the same stuff they were saying before anybody gave the information. So listen, be quiet, and really take in the information that people of color are telling you and then do your part as a white person. Like, okay, like, you, yeah, yeah, I don't know what this is. Or they know what this is. <laughs> So, so, uh, so why don't you share with us a little bit an actual breathing practice from, from your practice for our listeners to close us out today? All right. Awesome. And this practice isn't even necessarily specific to Kamili Yoga. 
it's simply an example of how yoga exists beyond the posing, beyond the movement. So wherever you are, as long as you're not driving or somewhere dangerous, <laughs> come into a comfortable seated position, whatever works for you. You can be in a chair, on your bed. Um, make sure your back feels stable. You can sit against the back of the chair or against the wall. Allow your hands to relax in your lap, on your thighs, on your knees, relax the shoulders. And we're going to take three deep breaths. Close your eyes if you're comfortable. If you're not comfortable closing your eyes, just relax your gaze downward to allow your eye muscles to relax. Take a deep inhale through your nose. Slowly exhale, sigh it out through the mouth. We're gonna do two more together. Deep inhale through the nose. Exhale, sigh it out. Once more, deep inhale through the nose. Exhale, sigh it out. Now continue to breathe at your own pace, a slow pace. You can inhale through the nose and exhale through the mouth or the nose, whichever you feel most comfortable doing. And as you breathe, simply embrace the moment, embrace the present, and observe how you feel. Observe on the physical level, the emotional level, the mental level, and the spiritual level. We observe without judgment. There's nothing here to try to do, to try to be. Simply coming into a deeper awareness of yourself in this moment. Deep inhales, slow exhale. If you find your thoughts straying elsewhere, it's very easy to happen. You might be thinking about things you need to be doing instead of sitting here being still and breathing. But there's nothing more important than the breath. So simply bring your attention back to your inhales and your exhales. You can ask yourself, what do I feel? How do I feel? Where do I feel? Again, without judgment. Simply for greater self-awareness. I want to take three more breaths together. Deep inhale through the nose. Slow exhale. 
Three. And inhale through the nose. Slow exhale. Two. Deep inhale through the nose. Slow exhale. One. Slowly open your eyes. And just reflect. That was beautiful. That, Thank you so much. That is yoga. Thank you. That is yoga. That's that is beautiful. Yoga. <laughs> well, that is a good place to stop. So thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Eternity Phillips, uh, Camila Yoga. You can find her at KamiliYoga.com. K-A-M-I-L-I-Y-O-G-A.com. And there's all kinds of information about the system, about ways to learn, about a upcoming uh, public virtual classes. And just you can sign up for the newsletter, get all kinds of announcements. And then my Soul Liberation website is mysoulliberation.com, which is more about my coaching and education uh, business. Thank you so much again. Have a really great evening. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Bye-bye. This episode was edited by Caroline Bone. Special thanks to our podcast intern, Amanda Gillette. Our music is provided by Jaffa. Being the Dot is sponsored by davisdeliciousdelights.com. davisdeliciousdelights.com. Custom-made, personalized pastries, cakes, pies, and cookies made with a dash of Southern Flair. Visit davisdeliciousdelights.com and use the coupon code BEINGTHEDOT for 20% off orders of $35.99 or more.